0: Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And we're the hosts of the Anxiety Chicks podcast, where we dive deep into the reality of anxiety, nutrition, and mental health.
1: Listen as we explore all things anxiety healing while keeping it real, including our own struggles with mental health.
0: We'll bring our expertise as healing professionals to the conversation while discussing the tools and strategies you need to heal the anxious mind.
1: Listen to the Anxiety Chicks on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your
0: podcasts. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And we're the hosts of the Anxiety Chicks podcast, where we dive deep into the reality of anxiety, nutrition, and mental health.
1: Listen as we explore all things anxiety healing while keeping it real, including our own struggles with mental health.
0: We'll bring our expertise as healing professionals to the conversation while discussing the tools and strategies you need to heal the anxious mind.
1: Listen to the Anxiety Chicks on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your
0: podcasts. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we're so excited to be back here with you all. I feel like it's been forever. It really has. <laughs> Especially with with you. Like Even just seeing you, Taylor, I missed you because we yeah. had Thanksgiving and then um, I did a solo episode and whenever we go a couple weeks, I'm always missing you. I'm wondering know, how you're I'm I mean, always like, I haven't seen Allison in forever. I know. I mean, we do. You know, talk off of this here and there, but yeah. lives are busy, and I love that this kind of like reconnects us, and especially on today like days like today with our Q and A episode. Love the Q and A, yes, and everybody seems to love the Q and A episodes. Um, so I'm really excited to be back, uh, and I'm excited to. Answer y'all's questions. First, I want to say thank you all so much for uh, listening and subscribing and all that fun stuff. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe and rate and review us. We've gotten some amazing reviews um, the last couple weeks. And I don't know, I just felt like it gives me a little bit of joy. I know sometimes we focus on the negative ones we get. And honestly, we really haven't gotten many don't say reviews. that do not say that I, right know, I know i know <laughs> i know you're encouraging someone <laughs> i know i'm sorry please don't, don't, leave us- don't listen to her No, <laughs> so, i do want to read just a couple though of reviews yeah. that we got that i thought were so nice so this is from sarah b live she says this podcast helped me process what i was dealing with mentally and gave me the key tools to use towards my healing was so nice. Yeah. And then this is from baby 15862 and baby said I've listened to the anxiety chicks ever since my anxiety got super bad a couple years ago and you guys have helped me more than you could ever know. These ladies know their stuff. I've gone through most of the stuff Taylor has gone through and I relate to her so much. Love you guys and I'm so extremely grateful.
1: That's oh, her so say- Her saying a couple years, that's crazy. I know. Isn't that like, crazy Wait. to think about?
0: <laughs> I was like, when did we uh, start this? I forget. Oh my gosh, you're right. It's been a couple yeah, years. It's been a couple years. I mean, to be honest, COVID and stuff, you know, I feel like right. that just erased, I know. erased that from my brain. So yep. those yeah. years are just erased. Um, okay. And this one is from, it just says AF, the initials with a nice flower and moon ne- emoji next to it. Okay. I stumbled upon this podcast when I felt a panic attack coming on. Within the first few minutes of an episode, I felt instantaneously seen. Thank you for your candid vulnerability and for the reminder that I'm not alone. I love that. That's so nice. Should I just read all 740 Yeah, let's just do today? that for the It's just that's the episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, everyone's yeah. like, I'm leaving now. <laughs> Um, no, I just wanted to – I, I want to do that every now and then because I think it's just so lovely and it's so nice to connect with our listeners. Um, and so please leave us a review if you feel called to do so. It would be so nice. And it also gets our podcast out there to more people that need some healing. So um, today's just like a listener episode with the Q&A, you know? Okay. So without further – Taylor's like, Allie, what are you talking about? Without further <laughs> ado – I'm. I, I can I answer my question. Yeah, One of go. my questions first. Okay. So, I love this because it made me chuckle a little bit because I, I feel like a lot of you at this time of year, especially, can relate. Um, it's uh, you know we're coming up to it is holiday season basically. We're coming up to Christmas coming up and Hanukkah and everything. And this person said, "Why doesn't anyone understand that I don't want to attend every holiday party?" <laughs> <laughs> And I just server. laughed because, well, first of all, I work in such an isolating profession. It's just me and my private practice and my coaching practice. That I wish someone would ask me to go to a holiday party. <laughs> I'm, I like miss the day of you know when I used to work at a school or in in corporate America. That was another life, um, and I would you know get dressed up and have and have fun. You know, socializing and. I don't know, just having fun with my coworkers in a different environment. And now I don't. And so I can't even imagine what it's like for this person who's probably getting inundated with just invitations to go to different holiday parties. And to be honest, I'm so different now because if that was the case now, and I was getting all of these invitations to go to holiday parties, I think I would actually feel the same way as like, Not wanting to go, maybe like to maybe one or two of them, but if there were so many, it's just depleting. And this time of year is so busy for so many reasons that you just throw a holiday party with work. I mean, especially what if you don't even like your job and you're like, I have to hang out with these people outside of nine to five now, you know? (laughs) Right. And then you have to get in your best behavior because it's like, it's so work. I know. Well, then, you know, if there's, like alcohol involved or something. Yeah. It can feel nerve-wracking because, you know, you might say you don't want to say or do something that might be weird and then you see the person the next I don't know. You know, I think when it comes to this question though, what's important is boundaries, right? You I think it's hard because you have you feel more pressure when it comes to like work holiday parties because you feel obligated. Right. You're thinking, oh, if I don't go to this, maybe it'll look bad on my performance for work or it'll make me look bad at work or something like that. And so I think that's a different layer, which stinks that you have to think about that. So I would say if it's work holiday parties, you can still set boundaries as far as recognizing how long you want to go. Right. Maybe you, maybe you can say that you will go for an hour or you'll go for a little bit. Maybe it's like a happy hour after, you know, a happy, Hour work thing and you could just go for a little bit and leave. I mean, if it's a big, you know, holiday party that you have to RSVP to and stuff, that's fine too. You can say you can go and then cut it early or whatever you want to do. But but you also can say no. <laughs> you know, I mean, um your work performance is not based on a holiday party. And if you're at a job where someone uh, it criticizes you or says something to you about not going to a social event outside of work that's based on your work performance, then that might not be a place you want to work, honestly. I know it's not that easy for a lot of people, but you know what I mean? Like, why would you want to be in that environment if people are making you feel like you have to be pressure, have pressure to go to these things?
1: Yeah, um, I agree. You can set a boundary on like, yeah, you might need to show up, but doesn't mean you have to stay till closing. You know, it's like... Great. Just find your like safe buddy friend there. Go hang out with them. Get some free food.
0: There's usually food. Totally. Enjoy the
1: environment for a little bit and then be like, okay, and then I'm going to leave
0: at X amount of time. 100%. And I think that that's really the only... That's really the only you want to practice that. That's the only way to kind of get through stuff like this. And when it comes to holiday parties with, not with work, maybe it's with friends or um, family or just other holiday obligations. Same thing, right? Being able to say no and recognize that it's okay to say no, and that anyone ha- that actually gets mad at you for that, that's there's a reason. That's the reason why you're setting the boundary with that person in the first place. Honestly, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Okay.
1: Okay. Next question: How do you cope with burnout, Ali? I'm sure you can, as a self employed person, understand oh my God. burnout often because I feel like when you have a job that you clock in and clock out of, it's easy to just be like, okay, like mine's gone. Right? I bet salespeople have a harder job, but people who like literally just like clock in, clock out, I feel like they They probably still have burnout, but not to the level of like if you own your own company or own your own business or you're in sales or something where you have to like keep up with a lot of things. And I feel like burnout is so common for me and how I cope with it is I used to not. I used to like keep pushing through burnout. Like I would just keep like forcing myself to do all the things I needed to do. And now I'll literally be like, okay, if I'm starting to feel burnout, this is a sign that I actually need to take a day off. And that, that's a perk of being self-employed, right? Is that you can literally say, you know, like tomorrow or I'll schedule out in a day or two. I'm taking that day off and I'm not going to look at the things that stress me out. I'm literally going to take the day off. And I used to not be able to do that. And so I feel like that has really helped me. And you do not understand the benefit you have of just stepping away from something that is causing you burnout for like a day, Like when you just step away from it and don't let it consume any part of your brain, you come back feeling so recharged. Like even when I go on a trip, like I am so excited to get back and like get into like my creative mind. I don't know if you relate to this too.
0: No, totally. It's so funny because I, um, if you haven't, if you're just new to this, I have been working on my second book. I just handed in the manuscript and it, um, it's a book for clinicians to use with their anxious clients to create their own healing toolkit and help them. You know, So it's basically the Anxiety Healer's Guide for therapists, for clinicians. And I actually included a chapter, a whole chapter on burnout for the therapist. So I created an entire ch- chapter that's called the Therapist Healing Toolkit along with the client too. And there's so much I talk about when it comes to burnout. Um, it was specifically for therapists, but there were so many concepts that could be for everybody um, because burnout doesn't always have to just mean work, right? A lot of people yeah. think, oh, I'm so burnout from work, but there are so many different types of burnout. Like I get feel depleted socially a lot of times when I'm around mm-hmm. my family or friends so much. Um, you know, I'm like an ambivert, I guess. Is that what they call it? Um, I'm not really just a huge extrovert or a huge introvert. I'm sort of a mix of the both. Uh Um, But sometimes I get burnout with certain people and around people socially or doing certain things. And I think that what is most important about burnout is knowing your limitations in any environment. So you said like you're more aware of it now when it's getting to that point. Mm Because the worst thing that you can do is not know, like you're just getting so overwhelmed, so overwhelmed, and you're just continuing to say yes, yes, yes. And you put more and pile more on your plate and you do this and work and family and kids. And you're just saying yes. And then literally you get into this paralyzation. I was trying to think of the word. Like you become paralyzed and then you literally can't do anything.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. I think catching yourself is so important to to cope with it too. Because if you keep trying to push through the feeling of burnout, you end up so anxious and
0: so unhappy. Well, yeah. And then you end up not being able to do anything that you actually literally. needed to do. Your yeah, responsibilities. You just, for me with work, it's like I end up just staring at
1: a computer, <laughs> like literally getting nothing done where I could just like reset,
0: restart. So I think what's important is that awareness piece, knowing that kind of goes back to question one with saying no, right? Like knowing what to say no to, knowing what you have to get done, right? So before we started this podcast, I was telling Taylor that I have so much in my brain right now for the next three weeks before the holidays. And what really, really helps me when I get like, I can feel myself and like burnout. Oh my gosh, I, I have to, like the smallest thing, I need to order a new planner. You know, I, I said that to myself three weeks ago every day and I still haven't done it because I, I forgot about it because I have so many other yeah. things doing. So writing, writing a list for me is huge. So I'll get my dry erase board. That's okay. I was gonna say I'll get my dry erase board after this episode, after we're done, and I'll write all of the things I need to get done and I'll put it where I can see it and I'll check it off. And that's like satisfying, but that helps so much.
1: Yeah, I I, every morning, actually, this is another thing that helps with burnout. I totally forgot about that I do. I do this like 10 minute brain dump where I literally just write down everything that can come to my mind. And it's just on a piece of paper. And it's just out of my mind. Because like you, even just that little thing of like, you need to buy a planner, annoys the heck out of you remembering it every day. And then you almost like hate yourself that you keep forgetting. You, oh like, my. you get mad at yourself. You're like, gosh dang it. Like I told like for me right now, it's a can opener. Like our can opener broke. You don't realize how bad life <laughs> can be when your can opener breaks. Like opening a can without a can opener is just like, you can't. Okay. So <laughs> it's actually a really big utensil. Okay. Um so yeah, and that's another thing. I keep getting mad because I even like put the can opener on the counter to like remind myself. And I like forgot like two days in a row. And I was, just, I just every time I saw it I was like, what the heck? Like, Freaking go buy it. And so I
0: wrote it down and I was like, okay, now I can't forget. I know. Well, there is something about about the act action of writing also that that makes your brain remember (laughs) more, even more than if you use your reminders on your phone. I mean, I put stuff like this on my planner in my phone a million times and I just press like snooze. Or, you know, I didn't I saw it, it came up and then I just went it went away for a second. I'm like, oh, I'll get to that again later. Even that lists are just so much more helpful for me. I'm so visual, and if I see it every time I walk into my like living area, it'll consciously create this sort of like memory in my brain of that. You know, yeah. if I see it, that I need to like the more often I see it, and so that's why the list, like writing the list down and putting it instead of just putting it in my phone all the time, really helps. So I think organization, yeah, that can help with burnout too. Yeah. Definitely. And if you're a therapist who's interested in learning more about your own caretaking, you can buy my book in the spring. I'll let you know when. Just DM me. (laughs) Okay. My next question is, how do you manage to get happy when your mind and body is making you feel down? So what's interesting about this question is I get this so much when people first come to see me um in my private practice and in my coaching practice they just want to feel happy they also just want to like take all of their crazy thoughts out of their brain <laughs> you know because they're anxious and they just want their body to feel calm but a lot of them just want to feel peace and they want to feel happy and the the only way that i can explain it that's not discouraging because i don't want to discourage anyone but happiness is an emotion, right? Just like sadness, just like fear and worry. And it's not that I can tell you when you're going to be happy. I mean, like no one's going to say, oh, here's what you're going to do. And then you're going to feel happy again. Like there's no A plus B equals C to make you happy. But what's important is to kind of figure out how you feel fulfilled or how you feel content in life, right? So it's okay to feel down and feel sad and at the same time, still feel fulfilled and still really love your life because feelings are fluid. You can feel down, you can feel sad, you can feel scared, and then like an hour later feel happy, right? So feelings are so fluid. So recognizing that it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to feel scared or worried or nervous and, and sit with it and acknowledge it is really important. But when it, you get stuck in it is when it can become a problem right? So you get stuck in this yeah. fear. That's like a lot of people with anxiety. They get stuck in this fear, this cycle of fear, this cycle of worry. Um, and of course, there's so many ways to break that cycle, um, which you can listen to the last 150 episodes of our podcast. <laughs> that will help you kind of understand how do you can break your own cycle if you're in it um, because it looks different for everybody. That's my whole point of saying that. Um, so – When it comes to wanting to be happy, you know, I'm – you guys know this. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. Processing that with someone that is totally objective in your life, that doesn't know you, that can hear your story and understand more about really what's making you stay stuck in that cycle if you're feeling you're in it. Or maybe you just need an outlet to talk and express about emotions. Because a lot of times the reasons we stay stuck in emotions too is because we don't talk about it. And we kind of just pretend it's not there. And so – that will keep it stuck. So just remember, be kind to yourself. F- feelings are fluid. You can feel sad. You can feel all of those, you know, negative feelings for a little while. It's okay. It's all fluid. But if you get stuck in it, then you want to make sure you're kind of like recognizing that and maybe talking to somebody and understanding more about why you're staying stuck in that.
1: I like that. Feelings are Fluid. So true. I know, right? We forget yeah, that though. We do, we do. I forget that. I think we all forget that. But once you say that, you're like, okay, you know, like I'm feeling this way right now, but it's not forever. It's momentarily. And we yeah. go with the we go with the water. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh what's I want to say oh, one more sorry. thing though about happiness because I think that there's some people that are I don't want to say like confused, but are have a perception of what happiness should be and what it should look like. And they're striving for this feeling of like whatever euphoria or something. And that's like a bigger conversation to have within yourself and with someone. So, okay, go on. So if you're someone who's obsessed with reading and you're looking for a new book or maybe you're just looking for some new selections and don't know where to start, you're going to want to check out Book of the Month. Book of the Month is a new app that makes it so easy to decide what book to read next. So each month, the editorial team of Book of the Month reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are amazing so you can't go wrong. And one of the best parts is book of the month helps readers actually find books they otherwise wouldn't have discovered on their own. So at the beginning of each month they announce their new selections. Members pick one of the new books as their book of the month and they can even add backlist books to their box at a discount. And after they're finished reading their books Members can rate, review, and participate in reading challenges in the app, and it's so great. They can just form a community of people to learn about what books are best for them. What
1: I love most about Book of the Month is that they recently launched curated audiobooks in addition to their hardcovers, so that members can choose, download, and listen to them right in the app now, That they offer two formats, members are able to choose from hardcover or an audiobook every month. This month, the book I've chosen is No One Can Know. I'm a huge lover of thriller books. If Book of the Month sounds like something you're interested in, go to BookOfTheMonth.com to pick a book and join BOTM. For a limited time, they can join and get the first book just for $5 with code for you. That's book of the month with discount code for you. Okay, next question. What's the biggest thing you think anxiety taught you? I think anxiety taught me three really big things. Compassion, gratitude, and purpose. So compassion, as in it softened my heart for people who it's now I look around when I'm in a situation or just anywhere I go and I'm like, it's funny. Like All of us here right now, we all have some story that no one knows anything about. Like When we look around, literally everywhere we go, everybody you look at has some struggle that you have no idea and you can't read or see because I look at myself and how I present in public, right? People have no idea just looking at me what I deal with. Right. Mm -hmm. But I now see that in other people. And so it softened my heart. It gave me more compassion to be kind to others. Uh, it taught me gratitude because I feel very grateful for how far I've come. I feel the strength of making it here, making it through all the hard days, appreciative of the good days. It makes you look at the good days with like a big smile now because you're like, there was a time I never thought there'd be another good day. And then uh, purpose. I feel like sometimes we go through things in life to find out what we're meant to do, meant to be. And I listened to Oprah Winfrey talk about this the other day, actually. She is so, so inspirational. If you ever just like listen to a speech of hers, it's just like, I mean, the woman was literally made for what she does, you know? And when you listen to her story of how she got there, it's like she really had to go through some really crappy times and things to end up doing what she's doing and she's probably helped so many people. And so I feel like we were all put on this earth for purpose, right? We all have some type of purpose. And once we find that little thing that we go through in life or experience in life and we and it leads us to our purpose. I feel like that is so beautiful. So, you know, looking back at anxiety of why is this happening to me and looking at it now as like, oh, I get why it had to happen to me.
0: So, those three things. Oh my gosh. That's so wonderful hearing that, though. That you don't you don't think that anxiety can really do good, right? Yeah. Or yeah. you don't think of it like that. And you know, as I as you were talking, I was thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, I agree for myself too with the purpose, especially. Mm-hmm. But also, what's interesting is in my te- in my learning about mental health in general having anxiety myself and also kind of, you know, talking about it for my career and like my life path has made me realize that it's not, it's not a scary thing. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. No, it it does. It does. Yeah. Like it's not a part, it's, it's a part, it's a part of something that, you know, I work through on a daily Mm -hmm. basis, but it doesn't define who I am and it's actually, you know, helpful in some situations for me. And it's made me be, it's made me be who I am and Mm -hmm. recognize all parts of me who I love, you know? So, and some people listening might not, might be in their total beginning journey of it. So just stick with it and you'll have moments of discouragement totally, you know? Um, But just remember healing isn't linear, you know? And when you feel like giving up, go back and listen to our podcast, (laughs) honestly, Um, or look at our pages because, um, you know, I've been posting so much just about encouragement to know that if you're in a dark place that you can, you're not alone and that you can get out of it. So I think along with that, you know, being said, anxiety has taught me about community too. Yeah. Just like, how humanity is incredible and how there is such hard, dark things going on in our world. But I really feel safe with a lot of the healers on my page and people around me now, you know? And so I think it's just getting through life as you get older. It's just every day things are going to challenge you. And all of that comes with stress and overwhelm and anxiety and it's just about recognizing that you can move through it you know so i don't know maybe it makes makes me stronger in that sense i feel stronger within myself that i can i can kind of conquer things yeah and feel nervous and feel scared sometimes but that it doesn't control me anymore you know i can kind of conquer things so i don't know if that answered it (laughs) no it did
1: i love that that's it's true like it it I feel like when you're going through it, like I said, you're, and like you said, people at the very beginning, they're probably like, you guys are crazy, like for saying what? This is teaching me something. Like, I'm gonna, like, something's gonna come from this. No chance. Like, I don't even think there's gonna be a good day. And that was me. Like, I, and I'm sure you too, Allison. Like, when you're in the depths of it, like, you're just like, no, no way there will ever be a better day. And I think that, like if you and I never went through what we went through, would we even have created this page? What would we would we even be here today? Like you never know what you're going through is meant to like f- launch you to like, that's why you have to be, you just have to remind yourself if you're in the beginning stages of it, that there's so much hope and you never know what's going to come from something.
0: Totally. Today is such a, these questions are so great today. I feel like.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know. I like it. Okay. Here's my last one. What self-care practices have you found most helpful in your anxiety healing journey? Um, Okay. So I do first want to say that everyone's self-care does look different for them. Um, And sometimes when people say self-care, they automatically think, oh, you know, going to the spa or uh, going and taking a bath with candles or like getting drinks with your friends or like something. You know what I mean? So uh, that's not what it is. <laughs> okay, It can be, you know. Um, but I think what it can also be, like for me, is being on my couch and like reading a book or um, taking a walk with my dog in my on my um, trail in the back of and meditating while I do that, um, going to my yoga studio and going to a yoga class is self-care for me. Um also the art of doing nothing that's self-care for me. I used to think that with my my monkey mind, I always had to be doing something and if I was bored, then, you know, like, oh, am I boring because I don't want to do anything or like, oh my gosh, that's when my brain is like racing the most. So self-care mm, that's for me so now good. Yeah, so for now, self-care for me now is literally not doing anything. Sometimes I will meditate. Sometimes I'll, you know, do some breath work, you know, during those moments. Sometimes I'll check out and like put on a show, you know, something like that. But like I actually am compassionate with myself now about doing nothing. Yeah. And that is doing something. So Mm -hmm. I just think whatever you can figure – and also – there is a piece of self-care for me that is community too. So, you know, I was talking earlier about all the things that deplete me, like some of those holiday parties. So back in the day, if you told me my 20s, I would be at every single party every single night because that was just like, ooh, I, you know, I was drinking a lot, right? I didn't have coping skills like I do now. And that was my way of thinking. I could like just forget about my racing thoughts and all this stuff. And now – I don't necessarily really love going to huge parties anymore, but I do love being around people that make me feel safe. So I'll say to like a couple girlfriends, come over and let's like decorate my Christmas tree or, um, you know, I'll make some tea and we can talk about some stuff or let's have a game night, right? Let's like play games. So some of that stuff has changed. And I think self-care just looks different for people. I don't know. What, what's your, what do you, what would you say?
1: Um, I would say actually the same as you. Like it's not like sometimes it is the baths with the epsom salt and the bubbles and yeah. That that is sometimes, you know, self-care. But then sometimes it literally is like you said, like just allowing yourself to just not. Like allowing myself to just not engage, not do something, not go somewhere, not feel pressured and just be. Like, I feel like a lot of times, like you said, we put self-care in this little box of like, I got to go get a facial and a massage and blah, 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 blah. And sometimes that is all like even stressful. And so I feel like it's literally just doing whatever when you do it, you feel this feeling of like, not even just joy, but you feel this feeling of like, ah, Mm -hmm. like, you know, those things you do where you're just like, ah, like everybody has like that little ritual or like, like for me at night, like I have like these few things that like, this, these few patterns of habits that I do and it's like I feel at peace when I do them. And it's just like it might not be what you do, but for me, it's like it's my little peaceful routine. And so I feel like it's just like it doesn't have to be what society says is self-care. It can just be whatever literally brings you that little sense of – or little piece of joy. Like sometimes for me, that's baking at 11 p.m. at night. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So it, it can be like the most random thing and like
0: that's that. I love that the baking thing is so true for me too. Not at eleven, though, I'm probably sleeping already. But but definitely, just even you know, because I have different hours. I don't work nine to five, so maybe on like eleven o'clock on a Wednesday, I know I have an hour. I'll make yeah. I'll make brownies, or I'll make usually hopefully something a little bit healthier. But um, or yeah, or I'll make something, and I think that's for a lot of people. Food can be therapeutic. Like I mean, cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it can be stressful, but. Yeah. That can be self-care. I know for my brother-in-law and my sister and some other, my friends, like cooking is so their self-care. They love yeah. it. They love being in the kitchen away from people and the food yes. is just their, you know? Um, yeah. That's great. So yeah, whatever it is for you listening, give yourself permission to let it be, right? Yes.
1: I love that. Okay. Our last question how are you able to stop the what if cycle of thinking? I feel like I'm so stuck on that. Oh my God. And I feel like this brings us back to question number two awareness. Being aware of the cycle, which we've done an episode on the anxious cycle, and not just being aware of it, catching yourself in it. And then instead of always letting your mind go to what if worst case scenario, Also, challenging it with what if best case scenario. So, like, I feel like for anxious people, we always go to the worst case scenario, right? And we're like so set on this worst case scenario to where we let it just run our mind and we're already living in it, right? Like, it already happened. I feel like sometimes you can take a what if and almost bring yourself to that just happened and I'm going through it. But it's like you also have to be like, okay, what if something good happens or what if like neutral? Like, what if neutral? And allowing yeah. your mind to also go to those places. And I think that is what has helped me so much. And I think also focusing on, I always tell myself this exact quote, until I have done all the things I can control, I am not allowed to worry about the things I can't control. Because a lot of times we worry about all these things we can't control when we haven't even done the things we can't control. Like if you're going to sit back and worry about having a heart attack, have you been fully in sync with all the things you can control? Because there's a lot you can do to prevent that, you know? And it's like your mind, if you want to spend time worrying about that heart attack, I want you to spend time worrying about the things to prevent that because you haven't done all those first. So why are you worrying about a heart attack? And so I always bring my mind to that. Like right now I'm going to focus only on the things I can control, that I can physically change myself
0: 100%. and that I can physically
1: prevent and that I can that I can do and have control of because so many times the anxious mind is so stuck on these what ifs that have absolutely no control and we can't they're just yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Well, and honestly, those types of thoughts, what if thoughts are in and of itself these types of distorted thoughts that happen when you struggle with anxiety and in the cbt world we call them cognitive distortions and what if thoughts is one out of like the list of 20 of error types of thoughts that happen and become very loud when we are thinking irrationally and when we're anxious and we're in the spiral it's hard to quiet them down and it's really really hard to not and and essentially having those thoughts is our anxiety trying to uh, trying to make us feel more in control right cuz if there's something about the future that you are worried about there's this lack of control that you have i mean none of us have control over the next 5 minutes 5 hours 5 days 5 years like we just don't so how can you find comfort and peace and regulation knowing that you don't have control over the future. You do to some extent, right? With like you said, preventative things, with your health, right? Like making sure you're up to date on different things, like treating like a you know, knowing research, right? What helps you have a longer life. Exercise, eating right, right? These are all things yeah, we can try and control. Sure. Let's live the healthiest we can with what we know we can control. But even then, we still have no idea in the next 5 minutes, yeah. 5 years. So how can you find peace with the not knowing? And that takes a lot of hard work with cognitive restructuring um, if it's intense, right? So like that anxiety cycle, we get stuck in those really intrusive types of thoughts. And then we start avoiding things or we start like, um, you know, the fight or flight goes into play. And so... Um, episode 135 is the break free from anxiety cycle. So you might want to go back and listen to episode 135 because that gives you such a good idea of how you can break that cycle in your brain. Um, and what you can do. But I would say if you really find that these types of thoughts are really intrusive, cognitive behavioral therapy can be so helpful. I know I talk about it all the time. I mean, I'm like trained in it, blah, blah, blah. But I, I <laughs> not just because of that. It's because I've done it myself and it's worked for me. And it's just so helpful in learning how to really challenge and reframe the way that you think, especially if you just keep thinking, what if, what if, what if? A lot of that has to do with trying to control something. So think about what you can actually control in those moments and also training your body and your brain to be in the present moment. So what are some things you can do every day that can make you feel more present? Maybe it's breath work. Maybe it's playing with your kids. Maybe its I mean, nothing gets you more present than being around children, honestly, because they are so present. Children are so present all the time. They're authentic and raw and they just want to know what's going on around you they just have questions they're curious like i think that's why i love being around kids they're just it's you have to be so present when you're around them and yeah or like going outside and getting some cold. if you're in the cold like cold air is so good for you like going in the shower for like 30 seconds in really cold water you know different things that can make you feel it more in the present can be helpful too so that's my soapbox Get off my sofa! <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: well, guys, that was our six questions of the week. I hope you enjoyed them.
0: Yeah, I liked these questions a lot. I, I love our Q and A. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't Me forget too. to don't forget to rate and review and subscribe. Um, give us some love if you can. And also, I have some exciting things coming up for. The new year, I have a new course dropping. I will tell you guys about that in the next couple of weeks. I'll have a special discount code just for the Anxiety Chicks listeners. So um, it's going to be seven days of anxiety healing, and it is based on the Anxiety Healer's Guide. It's kind of going to learn a lot of stuff in seven days, um, but it's going to be really exciting. I'm really happy about it. And go buy the Anxiety Healer's Guide. You guys, it's, you know, have A great Christmas gift. Great Christmas gift. And um, yeah, just follow us at the Anxiety Healer and health underscore anxiety. Follow us at the Anxiety Chicks. And we love you. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.